Ladies and gentlemen, the tribe was my picture here. The, um, the Acid Capitalist Show has rolled into Paris. This is part two. Part two where I'm about to be educated. I'm just a dumbass old school macro guy and I'm going to learn more about, about do we say, I mean, I still, i got to spit it out. Crypto, I prefer to call I refer. I prefer to refer to the commodity of Bitcoin, but we're going to discuss further. Apologies, I'm sitting in a reception. I'm at an airport. The noise will pro- probably be a disaster. You can put in. You can rain down all of your complaints on YouTube et al. Um, thirty minutes. I won't. I, we don't include this little introduction, but you, you get thirty minutes free. And then the rest is for the for the Patreon subscribers. But you know, without further ado, let's get this show on the road. We left with a cliffhanger. Remind me about the cliffhanger last week. Where did we get to last week? So me and you are becoming, I think, a bit of a dynamic duo. Uh, we had a great chat last week. You know, it was very enjoyable um, to hear from somebody like yourself with such a, a wealth of traditional knowledge out there. Um, and we kind of ventured off and left things talking about crypto and and. The scams in crypto, the kind of Binance FTX saga and, and, and everything unfolding and really kind of ask the question, you know, what is crypto and what is it trying to do? How, how do you feel about it? <laughs> okay, what is the difference between crypto and Bitcoin? Why can't you, like, I, so like where we left the last time, I was proposing, why can't we just have a commodity Right? Why can't we have like one star in the solar system and that can be Bitcoin and then we can build this functioning better world where we have Ethereum and Ethereum, what would, what would Ethereum do again? Remind me. So the, the, the best way to kind of uh, understand the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and the other cryptocurrencies out there that have different use cases is to kind of look at the lineage. You know, Bitcoin really came about to, to challenge the traditional kind of fiat systems. Um, it is a technology that basically offers a unit of accounting um, that people can use instead of the fiat systems. Now, whether that's going to work or not is still to be seen. It's been a bit of a success uh, so far. Um, but Ethereum came about because I looked at Bitcoin and said, we've got some really sound technology here, which is blockchain and distributed ledger technology, which is the idea of multiple entities being able to kind of validate the same thing and therefore it's it's trustable um ethereum looked at bitcoin and said hey why don't we try and add an extra layer of capability to bitcoin um that's called smart contracts and this is ethereum basically added an extra layer onto bitcoin whereas two individuals could use the blockchain to um, facilitate a self-executing contract meaning there's no intermediary needed in the same way that Bitcoin tried to eliminate the intermediary um, for payments, sending money, this kind of thing. And now you have 8,000 cryptos that are all trying to do weird and wonderful things, but have built on top of blockchain. So Bitcoin is the commodity. It's like the gold in a world of, you know, uh, a financial world. But you have Ethereum, which would perhaps be the kind of um, lending and borrowing and, and, and contract side of things um, that could use Bitcoin, if that makes sense. And, and but then blockchain. So blockchain really is just the technology. So like so, I, we've got Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is is our gold, and we've got gold in the vaults. 
we've got Ethereum, which is essentially going to challenge the uh, the disparity in in risk, not, not disparity in risk, the disparity of trust, the asymmetry in trust. And it just says, listen, guys, it's verified. Do the, do the job. Don't spend three months haggling about it. Let's just do it. Okay. Um, so it's almost like a cryptogram. It just says, yeah, that is the asset capitalist. He's kosher. Let's do it. Blockchain, then what? So, so blockchain is used by most crypto cryptos out there. It is ju- blockchain is is literally one of the most simple concepts, but people try and make it so complicated. All it is is a block that contains the transactions that have taken place. So, in, in Bitcoin's case, for example, all in crypto sent Hugh Hendry a Bitcoin that's stored in this block, and then it's sealed cryptography. Crypt- Cryptographically, and it's connected onto a chain that is verified and kept a record of by multiple participants, i.e. miners around the world. So all a blockchain is, is a um, chain full of blocks that contain transactions that can't be tampered with. And this is the whole concept of a blockchain. So most cryptos out there are blockchains. The crypto part of them is really that they use cryptography. So it's almost a blanket phrase crypto that doesn't, it's kind of outdated at this point. Um, and actually now you see the rise of DAGs, which is a different system that still uses cryptography. Um, that are, 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 it's kind of like multiple chains all running as one, opposed to the kind of one chain that Bitcoin is continuously going along and, and uh, trapping transactions in that can't be changed or tinkered with. So that is blockchain. Basically, a, a blockchain is a very simple concept that most crypto cryptos out there are built upon. Okay, so again, so I've got my gold, um, and actually, I'm thinking the blockchain is if I've got gold bars, I need a security box, and I put it into my blockchain, uh, and then I, I want to make it portable, and I want to be able to use. I want to be able to. I've got French people coming in to check into the hotel. Um, I want to be able to the worst. I I want to be able to try and have we are we are we even talking yet about transacting? Are we talking about like my am I talking about my my crypto credit card or are we just talking about? Pre- I think we're just presently talking about. I'm purchasing Bitcoin. I'm I'm purchasing it like I purchase gold uh, in the sense yeah. I'm a speculator and and it's an alternative asset. And it's a very, very small alternative asset in a huge ocean of alternatives. Um, so I'm purchasing it with the view that um, I want to, I want to reside, I want want my wealth to reside w- within this this asset class. Um, I have to put it somewhere. Uh, you could put it with a custodian bank, but you have the block, okay? And so it's it's held within the block. And then when I come to, hopefully, if I seek to realize and sell some of my my bitcoin at higher price then that's a very very simple process because that's where the cryptographer comes and says yep done yeah yeah somewhat so if we use the analogy of gold um custody is is part of kind of bitcoin's philosophy and and it's introduced the whole idea of self-custody so anybody can create a bitcoin wallet and hold their own bitcoin there's no need for an intermediary to hold Bitcoin. You can create a 
um, a wallet via your browser. You can have a hardware wallet, which is like a little, it almost looks like a memory stick that will, will hold your Bitcoin. And every time you send, so the transactions that are involved in the block in Bitcoin's case are basically just um, who sent what to where. So all in crypto has a wallet. I send it to Hugh Henry's wallet. That's processed by the Bitcoin network, which is kept by thousands of participants. It's stamped, it's sealed, it's put in the block, and we know where everything is. Now, me and you have spoken a little bit off camera and on camera about just how that seems like a very simple process, but actually we know the banks can't even get that right or many institutions out there, you know? So this is the kind of revolutionary features that Bitcoin has brought to the table. And, and Bitcoin really asks the question, what is money, which we know very few people understand, um, and what do we want it to do? Yeah, so, and again, because I, I want to move from the, the asset, the speculation with regard to its price, to, to wider and I think more interesting dynamics. But yep. with the gold, um, I've never bought a gold bar. I did actually have, a, uh, I think in Zurich I had with UBS, I, I did have a, a safety deposit box, which cost me, I don't know, like a thousand bucks a year or something. Uh, and it was Too kind much. of fun and James Bond going there and going down the elevator and stuff. Never bought any, <laughs> just an empty box. Um, but I did buy ETFs, right? Um, and I still think I'd be more comfortable with regard to the speculation, I'd be more comfortable with the the hideous Black Rocks and, and Fidelities and, and a Charles Schwab and just phony. I'm saying, yeah, I want to put a million bucks into your Bitcoin ETF. I like the price here. I think it's going to go up threefold. Um, does that offend you? No, not at all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a very hard person to offend generally. Uh, and I'm a big believer that people should have their own opinions. And it's it's part of what makes the world such a beautiful place. If we all agreed on everything, I mean, imagine how boring that would be. Um, does Would that offend somebody who is like a diehard Bitcoin loyalist that's tweeting Bitcoin is life every day? Maybe because you kind of take away the self-custody aspect and you introduced a third party, which was kind of the whole concept of Bitcoin in the first place was to to get rid of that. From an investment instrument, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, at the start of the year, here's some really interesting um, uh, kind of news, if you will. At the start of the year, I, I looked at the fact that you had Bank of America, you had Fidelity, and you had BlackRock all buy shares in MicroStrategy, which we know is a company owned by Michael Saylor that holds Bitcoin. Uh, and the company's kind of, if you look at the, the, the MicroStrategy chart, it looks similar to a Bitcoin chart. Now, the only reason that Michael, that uh, BlackRock, Fidelity, and Bank of America bought MicroStrategy wasn't because they're believers in the company. It's to gain Bitcoin exposure. So actually, the reason that they don't buy Bitcoin is because it's not yet regulated in the US. This is why a spot Bitcoin ETF, we already have futures ETFs that don't need to be backed by Bitcoin, is just such a big deal because it gives, and this is the exciting part for investors out there, you are getting the opportunity to invest in an asset, which I believe it is, that hasn't even been allowed to become an asset yet. And just like with gold, I think gold's first ETF, was it in Australia, perhaps, or it could have been Canada? Similarly, you've got the same thing with Bitcoin. You have ETFs um, in Europe. You have ETFs in Canada. 
you don't yet have them in America. And it's when America says, just like with gold, stamp, we're going to make this a approved um, investment instrument that the game really changes. So it doesn't offend me at all. And actually, I think for many people, an ETF would suit their needs. Yeah, and I think I agree. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I think it will be the launch pad, actually, for all of the more esoteric desires and ambitions for um, for moving from a store of value to being transactional based and, and how we could how we could maybe change the world. Um, I mean, anyone watching this, get Sailor, get Sailor and me. I mean, Sailor, Sailor's, he's a smart guy, but I mean, how many times you have to call the bottom with some made ups? I mean, he's not a, he's not a finance guy. I know that's a good thing. I know that most finance guys are douchebags. Okay. But Sailor, <laughs> God, mother guy annoys me. He's so promotional, but he should like, he's smart. I'm smart. The world wants to see that show. Let's make it happen. People watching this, you can make it happen. Anyway, um, you're, you're the, the, the thing that it opens up, like you said, um, the Canadians did an ETF, a Bitcoin ETF. Um, or was it a mutual fund? One or the other. Um, the, the dreaded is grayscale. I keep calling it graystone. That's more like the movie with uh, Tarzan or something. But um, the grayscale trust, the which is a in the UK dialogue would be an investment trust in the US is a closed end fund. Um, it sat there charging like I think two point four percent management fee on a passive fund, yep. and it could do so because it was again to your point, it was the only legitimate way legitimate, if you will. It was only a way you could, with the with the regulatory regime in the US, come in as an invest as a regulated investor and gain exposure. Um, and then you saw it trading at upwards of 50% premiums to asset to the asset value. And that was um, speculative saying, even with the 50%, you know, I'm buying it at 10, I think it's going to 20. I'm paying, effectively, I'm going to be paying, I'm paying 15 for it. But what they were doing is, of course, as a regulated investor, you could go to the trust and you could ask them, ask them to issue stock. So as long as it kept going, it was insane. But um, that has to change into an ETF. Um, S- the SEC wouldn't allow them to because it was, they were, we were still in the old kind of crypto scam environment You know, where every day my followers are getting texts from someone pretending to be me and asking them to trade. You know, scuzzy. Um, that regime has is is changing. BlackRock and Fidelity coming through means that um, Grayscale almost certainly will get. I see Kathy Woods is actually going for it as well. No surprise. Do you know Kathy Woods got an awful lot of uh, heat thrown her way? Um, uh, but but I'm going to say this, and maybe it could be not the right thing to say. I actually think Arc Arc ETF doesn't look too bad here. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm with you on that. I really don't think it does. Um, just like I don't think Coinbase looks too bad or Bitcoin looks too bad here, you know? <laughs> I know, blasphemy. Um, but to, to, to your point on Grayscale, there's actually a great trade there with Grayscale because Grayscale's trust, what a lot of people don't realize about the discount and the premium is the, the Bitcoin that it actually does represent is still there. So if it's trading at a discount, and why it's got such a bid recently is because if BlackRock have applied for an ETF, a spot ETF, they have a 572 to 1 win ratio on proposals for ETFs. 
That means that Grayscale, if BlackRock get approved, will get approved. And that premium window instantly gets closed or discount window instantly gets closed. And the um, trust becomes redeemable for actual Bitcoin. So there was, there was a trade there that we're quite late in, I think. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's happening. I've, I've been not pushing. I'm not a promoter, but it's free money. I mean, like you had Bitcoin fell from 69,000 to almost like 15,000 and the discount widened to 50%. So like there was a point you could have bought Bitcoin at seven and a half thousand six months ago. And everyone's like, you know, but at a 50% discount, I'm paying a four and a half percent management fee on, you know, if you, if you do the, do the mass, I'm like, sure, but it's not going to last. And like, I'm glad you said it. It is that there's many odious aspects about that trust, but the Bitcoin is there. If you own it, you know, there's absolutely, I mean, the SEC hate these guys. They've regulated them to death. It is there. Um, and and now, just with that news, I mean, the, the BlackRock news, I think, is about two weeks old. And you can begin, I think, we're about a 40% discount. So where's Bitcoin today? So let's say 30,000, right? Uh, last time I checked this morning, it was at 30,700. Um, it, it's right up against resistance right now. Significant resistance that once it takes... Who knows? You know, you've got a lot of bears out there. We spoke about the background music and opportunities uh, arising when the background music is often different to what the media and everyone's saying. You've got a lot of people that are still very bearish. I think rightfully so. Maybe the timing, um, which is everything in the markets, perhaps isn't there, but that may have to flip if it continues in this direction. And, and you've also got the end of Q2 coming up. We'll see what kind of interest we get going into Q3. Um, but it, it's fascinating what's going on right now. I mean, I, I've been in crypto for a long enough period of time to remember when all this kind of media attention, them talking about it in Congress, it being taken so seriously was just a pipe dream. And here we are. Um, the chart the, 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 the looks good. Um, the chart, you know, it's had a bear market. Um, the, the only thing that it has and is, and is common to all risk assets is, you know, there's just a humongous, um, recession, global recession, you know, buying, buying already. I mean, Europe is already, I saw an amazing chart. I'm going to show this chart. Um, and it, and it shows that, um, in Europe, inflation was all headline, you know, like with the Ukrainian crisis, with energy, the way it impacted utility bills, like um, it was, it was headline. The, the economy never took off like it did in the U S like German GDP, uh, GDP, is now below what it was in, at the end of 2019. I mean, that is extraordinary, right? And if, trouble. if you look at, if you make, I'm not quite sure the adjustment they make. I think it's, it's an IMF statistic, but they, they kind of normalize and they call it like without the headline, um, European inflation kind of just comes up to the 2% plateaus and, and it's, it's arcing over again. And I think we were discussing off camera, you know, like yesterday you had the ECB. We are definitely, I mean, money supply is collapsing. We're definitely raising rates again. The German economy is, I mean, orders collapsing and money flowing out. We're definitely raising rates again. These people are clueless, which again is why we're talking about alternatives. But, um, I, you know, and again, we, and again, we might discuss it later, but here we are and the Financial Times uh, today's out with the report that Bank of America have um, coughed up or someone's found in the filings that their unrealized uh, treasury bond losses are $100 million. That's a third of book value. You know? So the banking system is very much impaired. In fact, banking 1.0 
and, and why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Uh, banking 1.0 is that's that, right? You know, the, yep. the, the portability or the uh, there's no inertia in deposits. Um, the return structure, the, re- the rewards you're getting on, on time or rather on site deposits, they're still paying you like 35 basis points, you know, to keep, to keep the money moving away. They've had to come up to like three and a half, four percent. It's killing their net interest margins, their profitability. And the feds up here at five and a quarter. Uh, and, and they're talking about another two more uh, rate hikes on that. So what does that do for your banks? Well, I mean, the, the, the they do the, it. The, the danger is that it, it escalates the pool of money. Now, when money is pooled, that's when you've got no, you know, Silicon Valley discovered the unthinkable, that actually they had to realize the unrealized loss and they were bankrupt, you know. So that's, these are all the concerns. Now, anyway, so I think we've done that. So, and we're in banking now. And then, so the interesting aspect of how we're in a depression, um, since 2008, um, per capita GDP growth pretty much for the world has been abysmal. The, the data I've got is US-centric. Um, and the expansion in incomes for the the ordinary, regular, per capita person, the average person, right, um, is tracking way below the expansion of said person in the 1930s is a, it's a humongous disgrace, yeah. but it's a depression. Um, so we've been in it for the best part of 15 years. They kind of last 25 years. We kind of come out of it when there is a revolution in money or there's, there's a, a new source, a new supply of money. And in the past, I've cited the discover, you know, the, the discovery of Californian gold, 1850s, yep. the leaching technology from a Scottish engineer um, in the 1890s that brought South Africa on the, onto the uh, it's a, the, the South African mines onto the, the global stage. Um, the Great Depression really was kind of Bretton Woods and a monetary reorganization. And really it was the 1950s and the establishment of the Euro dollar system, which is an offshore matrix. And we're getting, and, and all of these systems are ledger based. And, 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 you know, and, and so the next point might be, I've said before, maybe we've got to take, we've taken government out of money. That's the euro dollar system. You know, the, the Fed doesn't regulate it. The Fed's like, I'm not interested. Like this little regulated component takes up all my time. This enormous thing, yeah, I'm not interested in. So we've taken the government out of banking to a degree. Um, is the next stage is banking 2.0 all about taking the banks out of banking, right? Sailor likes that quote. He's used it a few times. But, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, and we, I, did we discuss this the, the last time, the laborious process I had securing a mortgage from a French broker where I literally had to write a thousand times, I promise not to default on this loan. And it was the information um, asymmetry, uh, the lack of trust, that when we come back into um, the technology that, that you you can help us explore, that goes away. They're actually so fiat and with a bank, and uh, the process is cumbersome. The process is risk averse. Loans are not made. Okay, and so there's a you're damming up liquidity. You're damming up 
the functionality of money. And when you do so, you dam up creativity and business opportunities. And I think we're so close with Ethereum et al. to where you just say, hey, you are Hugh Hendry. It's all verified before, you know, we see everything's on the on the chain. You need you need five million bucks. Done. So let's talk about that world. Yeah, so that's the world we're moving towards. Um, everything is changing and, 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 and blockchain is going to be at the heart of it. Right now, me and you are communicating over the internet, which was a technology. On a computer, which was a technology, we've probably driven a car at some point, maybe today, tomorrow, yesterday, or flown. These are all... T- forgive, yep. me, forgive me one second, um, because I have to do this thing for, for my show. But the people in the cheap seats... The half an hour things coming to an end, um, you know, Patreon, like you get it. I mean, how much does the how much does the Starbucks cost? Like five bucks, six bucks, you know, six bucks, depending six on bucks. where you are. You know, you drink them every day, right? Say, say you only drink five a week, five out of seven. Five times six is thirty bucks. There's four weeks in a month, one hundred twenty. For twenty bucks, you get this thing. Anyway, I'm really sorry. You, you got to go. We're going to continue. Forgive me for interrupting. 